Hello and welcome to the Top Story, a podcast with the headlines of the day from our correspondents around the world. I'm Siju. Coming up in this edition, Mexico has hailed deals reached with the United States on alleviating the migrant crisis. In the Middle East, tensions are rising in the West Bank, while Israel continues to pound central Gaza. And Nigeria has relocated a large number of people from the villages that came under attack. We begin in North America. Mexico says it has struck important deals with the United States after talks that U.S. officials sought to focus on curbing record-high migration. Mexican Foreign Minister Alicia Barcena told reporters that she had pushed U.S. officials to ease any remaining curbs on cross-border trade. A delegation led by U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken has visited Mexico for border talks. They discussed how to control the surge of migrants and asylum seekers trying to enter the United States via Mexico. Frank Contreras has more. The delegation of top diplomats from the United States aims to convince the Mexican government to do more to reduce the flow of migrants over Mexico's southern border. The U.S. delegation includes top Biden administration officials, Secretary of State Antony Blinken and Secretary of Homeland Security Alejandro Mayorkas. They are seeking solutions to counter the large number of unauthorized travelers. In the first 11 months of 2023, the Mexican government says it has counted 680,000 migrants traveling through the country. Mexico's president said on Wednesday that he'll continue to help the U.S. curb immigration flows, but he would like to see more resources and improved cooperation with Cuba and Venezuela. They need more and more support, and that is what the Congress should be proposing. With all due respect, such as authorizing resources for cooperation and support for poor people in Latin America and the Caribbean. The record numbers of undocumented migrants, many traveling with children, have been moving through southern Mexico on their way to the United States. The migrants insist they are fleeing extreme poverty and dangerous conditions that threaten their lives back in their homelands. The United States delegation hopes to convince Mexico's president to do more to block migrants from crossing Mexico's border with Guatemala. Mexico has already deployed 32,000 Army and National Guard troops to enforce immigration laws. But the president of Mexico insists that the best way to solve the problem is to deal with the social issues that are forcing people to leave their countries. That was Frank Contreras in Mexico City. In the Middle East, a World Health Organization official says only 20% of hospitals in the Gaza Strip remain functioning and they are all overloaded. The WHO says tens of thousands of people have fled Khan Yunus in southern Gaza. Many of the displaced have run away from refugee camps in central Gaza, which have come under heavy bombardment as Israel expands its offensive. Meanwhile, in the West Bank, a new Israeli drone attack killed six people in Tukara. Hundreds more in the region have been killed in clashes between Israeli soldiers and the Palestinians over the past weeks. Trent Murray reports. There's been a lot of violence flare within the West Bank uh, since October 7th. Palestinian sources there say that 300 people have been killed and around 4,700 Palestinians have been arrested. The latest 
incident uh, follows a night of quite significant violence there. We have seen uh, a terrorist, well, an anti-terror raid, according to the IDF, on the Nur Shams refugee camp. Now, it was there that there was an airstrike launched from a drone by the IDF. Six Palestinians were killed. Uh, what Palestinian uh, sources on the ground are saying is that the six Palestinians that died were young men aged 16 to 29 that had come out to see uh, the raid take place. Now the IDF has refuted that claim saying that the men opened fire on those IDF troops and threw grenades which is why that airstrike was launched uh, but it is a spotlight on an issue which is not necessarily getting as much attention as Gaza but it is one that is very much alive for the people living in the West Bank. These raids have taken place on a near nightly basis. Aside from that situation at the refugee camp we saw, we also understand the Israelis are uh, launched raids in Bethlehem, Janine, Hebron and Tubas. Uh, it is one of those issues that has got a lot of diplomats worried, uh, both Israel's allies and others in the region, that uh, the situation in Gaza could spill over further into the West Bank and there could be more bloodshed. That was Trent Murray on the tensions in the West Bank. In Africa, Nigerian Vice President Kashim Shetima has paid a visit to a camp for displaced people in northern Plateau State following attacks that have killed at least 160 people. Meanwhile, authorities have condemned the attacks and relocated some people to nearby Jots. Tasim Akende has more about the efforts to help those people and the progress of investigation. The in initial investigation reveals that uh, over 1,000 people uh, according to local authorities, have been brought here in Jaws, uh, which is just about, uh, say, an hour or two drive from where the attacks have happened. Uh, you know, they've brought them to the Jaws University Teaching Hospital where they are receiving medical attention. Uh, so, uh, I mean, it's really sad, and um, the local authorities there say that, uh, I mean, the whole communities are in mourning. Oh, hundreds of people, even thousands, are displaced and I need of humanitarian assistance. President Bola Tinubu has issued a very strong statement ordering security agencies to go out and pursue and uh, you know ensure that the perpetrators are brought to book. You know they are caught and brought to book. Uh, that means uh, there has to be a lot of investigation. Uh, there are also calls from local authorities and um, of course religious or bodies all you know uh, to ensure that um, uh, you know, this doesn't happen again. There's a call for security agencies to work more on intelligence gathering. There's also a very strong statement from Mr. President. He has said that, uh, you know, he has ordered relief to the communities. He has also, you know, promised to ensure that those who are receiving medical attention or their bills are picked up by the government. That was Tassima Kende on the aftermath of the village attacks in Nigeria. In South America, a second week of protests has hit Argentina against the new government's plan to usher in economic reforms. On Wednesday, the powerful trade unions took to the streets. Joe Richard has this report from Buenos Aires. More demonstrations and more headaches for the new government in Argentina. Trade unions from across the country descended on Buenos Aires on outside the Supreme Court to protest President Javier Millet's decree that deregulates the economy. This stamps on workers' rights and other issues such as health and education. We're very worried and we think people have to protest. Fewer than three weeks into Javier Millet's presidency, 
the country's powerful trade unions are already considering a general strike. Javier Millet's mega decree affects over 300 laws already passed by Congress. The president says this is the largest reform to this country's economy in over four decades. Millet took office promising radical change. He campaigned as the outsider, saying he would do things differently. And in his short time in office, he has introduced austerity measures and overseen a 54% devaluation of the currency, all part of the government's plan to tackle the country's budget deficit. The mega decree affects multiple sectors of the economy, and Millet faces widespread resistance, not only to his policies, but that he is implementing these policies through decree, bypassing Congress. Former central bank governor Martin Redrado says the country needs a stabilization program to reduce inflation and an economic growth program that has broad consensus. You have to make changes, but the society and also people looking at Argentina from abroad need to be assured that these uh, changes are for good. Uh, uh, so uh, for good, what you need is two-thirds of Congress, and that is, in my view, the approach that I would suggest and that I would like to see the country moving forward. Congress has started debate on additional bills proposed by Millet's government, but the president said in an interview on Tuesday that he will take his decree to a referendum if Congress does not approve his plan. The decree can be overturned if it is rejected by both houses of Congress, otherwise it goes into effect on Friday. That was Joe Richard on the protests in Argentina. Finally, in China, a new high-speed railway stranding together nine top-level tourist spots has opened in eastern China. The 500-kilometer line connects Hangzhou and Nancham. Officials hope it will help drive tourism and the economy. Dai Kaiyi takes us along the route. I'm at the new Nanchang East Railway Station, just open to the public. From the outside, it looks like a giant sports stadium, if you will, perfectly designed to be the city's living room. The Hangzhou-Nanchang High-Speed Railway has a total of nine stations along its route, with seven stations located within the Jiangxi province. Among them, Nanchang East Station is the largest, boasting a total construction area of more than 220,000 square meters. But it's more than just a railway station. The trains departing from here to Hangzhou mark the beginning of a world-class tourism corridor. Along the route, you have tourist spots like the Tengwang Pavilion in Nancheng, Huangshan Mountain, and Poyang Lake. And when you reach Hangzhou, there's the iconic West Lake. Right next to me is the Huangshan Bay Railway Station, and it's where you get to one of the most iconic scenery spots here in China, the Mount Huangshan, which is famous for its grotesquely shaped rocks and granite peaks. And of course, after this new railway route is launched, it cuts down the travel time by half from Nancheng all the way to Huangshan here. So what changes does this new line bring to the area? Let's hear what the railway authorities have to say. The opening of this high-speed railway spanning the provinces of Anhui and Jiangxi is a crucial link in the national eight vertical and eight horizontal railway network. It'll make it more convenient for us to travel to places like Huangshan Scenic Area and the world-class cultural heritage sites like Shidi and Hong Kong. It'll play a vital role in supporting the local tourism economy. With the opening of the Nanchang Wangshan section, it has shortened the distance in both time and space. This can further drive new urbanization along the route, promote the development of the tourism industry, and contribute to the construction of the Yangtze River economic belt. 
There are quite a few similar high-speed railway routes linking tourism sites in China, from Inner Mongolia to Lijiang in Yunnan. China boasts the world's largest operational high-speed rail network, surging from 9,000 kilometers of track in 2012 to over 40,000 kilometers today. Data from the national railway operator China State Railway Group shows that railway passenger flow hit 3.56 billion trips from January to November this year, a 126% year-on-year increase. The tracks laid down there provide for more than just a shorter commute time. They bring better connectivity between people, businesses and cultures. They get that local brands to reach a broader market and also to get that understanding of local cultures to a wider population. That was Dai Kai reporting. Recapping today's headlines, Mexico has hailed deals with the United States on alleviating the migrant crisis. Tensions are rising in the West Bank, while Israel continues to pound central Gaza. And Nigeria has relocated a large number of people from the villages that came under attack. And that's it for this edition of The Top Story, a podcast that brings you world headlines every weekday. For more news in politics, business, sports and culture, you can subscribe to The Beijing Hour, a one-hour podcast news magazine program. We welcome and appreciate all ratings and reviews. I'm Qi Zhi. Thank you for listening.